0: And welcome into another edition of Cue It Up. It is Monday, November twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. Thank you all for listening. Whenever you are listening, whether it be in the morning, afternoon, or evening, I really just do appreciate the support as always. And I really hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I did not have a podcast on Friday; just took a little break, and now we are back after an exciting NFL Week Twelve. If you're a Jets fan, if you're a Giants fan and you were watching on Thanksgiving, the team put up a valiant effort. They played the Cowboys really well. But um, unfortunately, at this moment in time, I don't think a lot of teams will beat the Cowboys just because of the way that they are playing right now. Their offense is playing really well. Their defense is great, especially when Micah Parsons gets going. When Parsons gets going, he is a game wrecker, and he certainly was on Thursday. But I do want to start with the Jets yesterday, a huge win against the Chicago Bears, a game that they had to win, and a game that a lot of people were looking at, because if you didn't hear throughout the week, Zach Wilson got benched after that horrendous performance against the New England Patriots on Sunday, and Mike White got the start, and it was the first time that we saw him since last year against the Buffalo Bills, and guess what? He played exceptionally well, and it was one of the best quarterback games in New York Jets history. You really can't make it up. Zach Wilson has been the quarterback for just about two years now, and he hasn't even come close to the performance that Mike White had. And it even goes back to last year, too, when White was playing against the Bengals. He looked really, really good, and he now has two of the top five greatest passing games in New York Jets history. Granted, the Jets do have a dearth at the quarterback position over the years, but, I mean, Mike White looks like he can stay around for a while. As long as he plays somewhat up to what he did on Sunday, he doesn't really have to play 300 yards passing, three touchdowns, no interceptions, but, you know, just move the ball, 220 yards passing, a touchdown or two, no interceptions, no turnovers, and he is going to be that quarterback despite how much the Jets want to go back to Zach Wilson. All we heard throughout the week was how the Jets need to get Zach Wilson's psyche back, they need to work with him. I don't care about Zach Wilson now. I really don't. It's about the Jets, and it's about this team going to the playoffs and possibly winning a couple games and doing something, because their time is now, especially with the way that this defense is playing. They were held back because of their quarterback, and at this point, you can't get held back because of your quarterback. This team is ready to win now. If this was a three or four win Jets team, I can see it. Stay with Zach Wilson. Let's just... Trudge to the end, and let's see if this guy is the guy. But right now, the Jets don't have any time to waste. They Their margin for error is very small, and they need a competent quarterback. And right now, Mike White seems to have the hot hand. So go with Mike White, and we'll see how it goes from there. It was a great start on Sunday. He has had a history of putting up really good performances. And believe it or not, this Jets offense looks the best... When Zach Wilson is not the quarterback, we even go back to earlier this year where Joe Flacco was the quarterback and he was putting up very good numbers. They were throwing it a lot. He was completing a lot of passes. It's a good old fashioned West Coast offense, throwing it four or five yards every single time, three step drop, get the ball out. But with Zach Wilson, there's just something off and it just does not look like how this offense is supposed to be run. And we saw it with Joe Flacco. We saw it with Mike White last year. We saw it with White yesterday. This offense looks different when Zach Wilson is not the quarterback. I don't know what it is. It sucks that we have to come to that realization as Jets fans that our number two overall pick is not the guy that we thought he was going to be and that the Jets wasted a number two overall pick on this guy. It sucks. It really does suck. But right now, the Jets are in a good position despite that. And uh they have a really tough game coming up against the Minnesota Vikings. That game will be on Sunday. I'd assume that's going to be the top game that CBS does with Jim Nance and Tony Romo, so that'll be fun. But it's gonna be a really good game. And just going back to this game yesterday, it started off very, very poorly for the Jets. They they did score a touchdown, but then the Bears, they just marched up and down the field. With Trevor Simeon, the starter. And actually, before the game, we were driving to the stadium and we put on the radio and we hear that Nathan Peterman is going to get the start. The former Bills quarterback who probably owns the worst performance in NFL history as a quarterback. I think he threw five interceptions on like six throws, Um, but he was going to get the start. And I was so ecstatic about that, but then I get to the stadium, and all of a sudden I see Trevor Simeon out there. So I'm just like, "What the heck happened? Definitely some sort of botch with Adam Schefter or any of the other reporters that put that out there." Uh, the Bears PR department was very quick to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait! I think uh, you know Trevor Simeon is going to be a game time decision, so let's not rush to conclusions that Nathan Peterman is going to get the start." and Simeon ended up getting the start, but it didn't really matter for the Bears as they got pummeled, especially in the second half. The Jets just took over. The defense started off a little slow, but then they came on, and the offense was there. Garrett Wilson caught a touchdown. You have Elijah Moore getting involved on the action, and how about the new running back for the Jets, Zonovan Knight? I think his nickname is Bam. Bam Knight, playing really well, just elevated off the practice squad. And it just goes to show that—I'm not saying that this running back is terrible, but it just goes to show that it really is a product of the offensive line. I'm talking about the running game. You can put anyone back there that is at least somewhat competent, and they will look really good. And the Jets' running game was great. It complemented their passing game, which was awesome. I mean, just watching that performance, being in the stadium, seeing a quarterback that knows where he's going to go with the football, making accurate throws— it must, it must be just a delight for the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, to actually have a quarterback that can throw the ball accurately, and that's what Mike White does. He's not a guy who has tremendous arm strength or great athleticism, but he's a guy who knows where he's going to go with the ball. He reads the coverage well, and now we know why the Jets elevated him to being the second-string quarterback because, remember, he started the season as the third-string behind Wilson and Flacco. And then about a month ago, I would say, the Jets announced that they elevated him to second-string over Flacco. So now Flacco really isn't active for any games, and he's kind of just a uh, player coach on the sideline, helping out Wilson, helping out Mike White. But uh, whatever it was, they made the right decision going to Mike White And I am really excited about the prospects of this team moving forward. They were out of a playoff picture last week. They are back into the playoff picture this week. And we'll see if they can replicate this performance against the Bears and do it against the Vikings. The Vikings' defense is definitely a defense that you can throw the ball on. This is a defense that gave up over 300 passing yards to Mac Jones. So I expect this defense to uh, give up a lot of points against this Jets offense, and vice versa. I know the Jets defense is very good, but this is a world-class Vikings offense with the best wide receiver in the NFL in Justin Jefferson. So that'll be a terrific game to watch on Sunday. As for the Giants, they played the Cowboys very well. It just came down to a couple plays in that second half, specifically that fourth down, and I think it was two or three, Jones dropped back to pass and he flipped it to Saquon Barkley who could not make the catch. It was a terrible throw by Daniel Jones and that really ended up being the difference. The defense played pretty well. Kayvon Thibodeau finally showed up, made a few plays, but in the end it was just too much Micah Parsons and too much Cowboys offensive firepower. So the Giants were definitely undermanned against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have one of the best rosters in the NFL. And if you look top to bottom with the Giants, they are certainly outkicking their coverage and playing much better than anyone's expectations. So from that perspective, the Giants are playing with a little bit of house money going against the Cowboys. I know Giants fans going in thought that they definitely could beat the Cowboys, but right now Dallas is just playing so well. And a lot of people call that game, the Giants and Cowboy game, the Odell Beckham Jr. Bowl because whoever won that game would get Odell Beckham. and has not happened yet. Odell actually got into a little bit of a off-the-field issue over the weekend. Getting kicked off of a plane just because he wasn't treating a uh, flight attendant with respect. And he was just talking down to him. And uh, make, ended up making a huge scene. And it got into the papers. Don't really know what went on. We've heard both sides of the story, but we just don't know what the facts are. And to be honest, I don't really care. I think if you're a team that were in the running to get Odell Beckham, this kind of a story does not um, sway you from wanting to sign this guy. So we'll see what happens over the next week. I would expect Odell Beckham to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's the consensus among all the insiders and the fans and everybody in the know. So we'll see if Odell goes to the Cowboys elsewhere in the NFL. Let's just go to Sunday Night Football last night. Some big news coming out of that game. The Eagles did win. The Packers put up 34 points or 33 points, something like that. But Aaron Rodgers did get hurt. He hurt his ribs, and he had to come out of the game. Jordan Love finished the game. It does look like Rodgers will be okay, and he'll make the start on Sunday. But that's another thing to keep in mind. Jordan Love came in. He threw a touchdown pass and drove the offense down the field. I think there's a contingent of Packer fans out there that would love to see Jordan Love out there and not Aaron Rodgers, but we'll see how that storyline progresses, especially if the Packers keep losing, because Jordan Love, he's going to probably be the guy once Aaron Rodgers leaves, and I think this is kind of a year-to-year thing with Rodgers. I think the Packers might move on from Rodgers at the end of the year. I think it's 50-50, and if they do, Jordan Love will certainly be that guy. Remember, they drafted Love to replace Rodgers a few years ago, and he's still there. Rodgers is still there, and the situation is pretty much the same. But I think the only difference is that Packer fans are growing restless with Rodgers because he just has not been playing well. And fair or not, he has had injuries throughout this season. He's been dealing with a broken right thumb and now he's dealing with a rib injury. So we don't know if he's going to start on Sunday. I would assume he would. I think he wants to start on Sunday, but I think, as I said before, I think the Packer fans would love to see Jordan Love play. So we'll keep an eye on that, especially on the Friday podcast. A team that the Jets are going to be playing this week is the Minnesota Vikings, and they got a nice win against the Patriots. That Ended up being a little bit of a track meet. Patriots and Vikings going up and down the field. And the Vikings ended up getting that win. Justin Jefferson, guy that the Jets are going to have to contend with. Sauce Gardner, probably going to be lining up with Jefferson throughout the game on Sunday. I mean, he is unstoppable. You got to at least budget for six, seven catches for Jefferson and 100 yards at least. He's good for that every single week. He is putting up historic numbers. He is on pace to shatter every single wide receiver record there is. I mean, it is absolutely unbelievable. We have not seen anything like Justin Jefferson and the catches that he makes, how clutch he is, how open he gets all the time. Um, We've seen some pretty good wide receivers in the past, but this guy, in my opinion, is the best one to come. It is just remarkable how good he is and the chemistry that he has with Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins isn't great. He, he's, I would say he's above average for a quarterback, but he's not great. And just imagine if he was with a guy like Patrick Mahomes or uh, Josh Allen or any of the other top quarterbacks in the NFL, that would be amazing. But Kirk Cousins and Jefferson seem like they got a little bit of a chemistry going and that's got to count for something. So, Vikings getting a win against the Patriots that actually helped the New York Jets out a lot. Patriots now back to 4th in the AFC East, the Jets 3rd, the Bills 2nd, and then the Miami Dolphins getting a win on Sunday against the Texans. They were up 30 nothing at the end of that first half. They ended up not scoring in the second half, and the Texans actually scored 15, so it was 30 to 15 the final score. But the Dolphins, they they literally ran all over the Texans in that game. Elsewhere, you have the Bengals beating the Titans 20-16. to The Titans are a team that I really like. I think they're going to go pretty far in the playoffs, and the Bengals are just creeping around. They started off the season very poorly, but all of a sudden they are back in it, and they are actually firmly entrenched in a playoff spot as they are 7-4, and four, tied with the Baltimore Ravens. The Browns, they got a win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and man, the Buccaneers are horrible. They're playing in a crappy division. They are still in first place at 5-6 over the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, this is going to be the worst-case scenario for me, for the Buccaneers to get into the playoffs with the mediocre season that they are having, and Tom Brady to put together some sort of run with the Buccaneers and beat a team like the Giants. I mean, I can definitely see that. Who does not see that? If the Buccaneers and the Giants are squaring off in the playoffs, who is going to take the who is going to take the Giants over the Buccaneers? Nobody. Nobody will. Everyone's going to be favoring the Buccaneers and the Buccaneers will probably win that game. And then the next game they probably play is the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, we all know what he does in the playoffs. I mean, the Buccaneers could certainly get to the championship game after going You know, 500, 9, and 8 throughout the season. I mean, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. Who can't? That would be my worst-case scenario. I want the Buccaneers to lose every single week so they do not make the playoffs. Obviously, they will not be in a wild card, so they have to win their division. We need the Falcons to win. That's it. We need the Falcons to keep winning games in order for the Buccaneers to not get to the playoffs. Another interesting note, too, in the NFC East... All four teams in the NFC East are in a playoff spot at the moment. That includes the Washington Commanders, who are 7-5. and five. They have won, I believe, five of their last six games. And they have one of the best records over the last seven weeks of the season. So the C- Commanders are playing themselves into a playoff spot. The Giants are still in there. Even after losing on Thursday, Their their schedule gets considerably more difficult. As we move on, they play the Commanders this weekend in one of the biggest games of the year for the Giants, and then they play the Eagles, and then they're back against the Commanders, and then they play the Vikings. Talk about a death run. The Commanders are a very good team. The Eagles, we all know the start that they've gone off to, and they got to win last night against the Packers, and they play the Commanders again, and then the Vikings. So the Giants... They needed to play really well early on in the season, and they did. They got some wins under their belt, and now if they can just eke out two at the next four, if they can beat the Commanders once and then somehow win a game against the Eagles or the Vikings, then they'll be in a good spot. Even if they go 1-3, that'll put them at 8-7. and going into the last couple weeks of the season. I think eight and seven is a good spot. So if they can just win one of those four games, they don't even have to be 500 over the next four games but if the Giants can win one of the next three, I think they'll be in a pretty good spot at least to make the playoffs. Uh, you can forget about the division I think the Eagles are 10 and one, they're rolling the Cowboys are playing really good football right now. So I don't think the Giants are going to win the division, but they will definitely be in the playoff picture because of the wild card. So I think that pretty much wraps it up for the football part of this. There really wasn't any other news. Josh Jacobs had 300 yards from scrimmage, including receiving and rushing. So that's a pretty legendary performance for him. I'm just trying to look quickly. The Chargers, they won 25-24 against the Cardinals. Kyler Murray called the... Uh, The scheme against the Chargers, basically calling out Cliff Kingsbury, saying schematically, we were we were fricked. We were we were not there. So that's calling out the coaching staff of the Cardinals. We'll see how that goes throughout the season, because they just they just signed Cliff Kingsbury to a new extension. They just signed Kyler Murray to a new extension. So those two are married and they got to get it together. The Chiefs, they rolled against the Rams, 26 to 10. And that is basically it. There was some baseball news. Jose Abreu signing with the Houston Astros, the three-year deal. So he'll be playing first base, replacing Yuli Gurriel. So the Astros upgrading at first base. They also re-signed Rafael Montero, the former Met. So the Astros making moves. The rest of the league, not so much. The Giants over the week, they did bring in Aaron Judge to talk. They brought in Steph Curry as well to talk to Aaron Judge, try to recruit him. So the Giants certainly pulling all the levers they can to try and land Aaron Judge. The Yankees, they made an offer. I would assume that Aaron Judge declined it. And we'll see if the Yankees can re-up their offer or if the Giants just pluck him from the Yankees altogether. Things will certainly start picking up as the holiday season comes into full swing. That'll do it for me on this Monday edition of Cue It Up. I will be back on Friday for sure to recap everything that happened throughout the week. Thursday night football, Patriots-Bills. I'll recap that, and then I'll also go over week 13 in the NFL right here on Cue It Up.